You're listening to Church on the Park Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. Before I get different people up to share, um, or you, it's a self-motivated thing. Um, I'm not going to call on anybody. But before I do that, I feel to share a short devotion with you. Now, I wasn't planning to preach, but I have this thing bubbling up in my heart. Is that okay with you? And I just want to sit, kind of sit and share it. It's, I'm not planning to be long here. But uh, it's basically taking some of the bread of the Word of God and breaking it open and breaking it open and sharing it. So I guess if we can bow our heads and pray, Father, I thank you for your Word. It's our bread. Break it open to us. Let us see the beauty of Jesus and let our souls be fed. We give this time to you. We give this portion of Scripture that we are going to be reading or the different portions to you. Feed us, Father. Feed our souls. Help us to see the world differently that we live in. Help us to see you as we go about our journey. In Jesus' name, amen. You can turn to Genesis chapter 32, and we're reading verses, verses 1 and 2 of Genesis chapter 32. And this is the story of Jacob, part of the story of Jacob and his journey. And it says in Genesis 32, 1, Now as Jacob went on his way, the angels of God met him. Jacob said when he saw them, this is God's camp. So he named the place Machanaim. So I want to talk a little bit about that verse. For the last couple of weeks, we've had a break and we've been resting. And during that time of rest, it's a blessing to Anna and I because we have some extra time in the morning to seek the Lord. And that's what we do uh, on holidays. We're the same people as we are when we're not on holidays. And we spend some extra time seeking the Lord in the morning and praying and just feeding on the Scripture. And really, to me, my food is the Word of God. So that's what energizes me. That's what strengthens me. And I hope that's what energizes and strengthens you. And so uh, we were feeding on the Word of God, and the Lord was speaking to me a lot uh, concerning uh, my own life, uh, different things from Genesis, and for Bible school next semester, which starts in two weeks. So that starts the 2nd of August. 
But I, I asked him, what is your word for our church? God, what is your word for your, our church? And I was not receiving too much. And the Lord said, you're on break now. And I will share it to you next week. This, was, this conversation was the, with the Lord was last week. I'll share it to you next week. And so here it was yesterday, and not much had come to me. So I was like, oh, well, I didn't receive much. And f everything I share uh, is things that I have encountered God with. Uh, the, word of Lord, the word of the Lord has come to me. I have encountered it. And it compel the, the word of the Lord compels me to speak. It gives me strength and power and energy. But I had not received much. And so yesterday I took a nap. And it was about, and then everybody was out of the house. There's birthday parties and different things going on. And I took a nap at two and then woke up at three. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, uh, take your notebook, get a cup of tea, and go into your backyard cafe. And I want to speak to you. And I was wondering if that was myself, but the wind of the Spirit began to blow, and I began to write what the Lord was giving me. And my hand, I wrote about eight pages of what the Lord was giving me for our church. And let me say that God has good things in store for us. He has great things in store for this church, and the Father loves this little flock here. <laughs> Amen. And so I wrote, I wrote so much that my hand was tired. And then later I made some uh, fresh anointing oil and different essential oils, which I used to make uh, anointing oil. And I have to, oh, and I anointed the house, the whole house. I, it had been a long time since I, I go and pray around the house, but I anointed the whole house and every room and was praying for the whole family. This is my little bottle of fresh anointing oil, royal, royal. Do you know when they anointed uh, people, it was because they were important. Uh, they would anoint the priest because they were royal, and they would anoint the kings because they were royal. But not everybody would receive an anointing in the Old Testament. So isn't it a great privilege that now in the body of Christ, we are called to be a royal priesthood. We are called to be royal, and the Lord anoints us, each and every one of us, because we have, each and every one of us has a royal uh, calling and uh, a royal pos position before God, even in our, all of our hang-ups and our issues. And so I wrote, but... Uh, I'm still waiting on the Lord the next uh, couple of weeks. I'm still waiting on the Lord for what he wants to say. But I plan to preach properly next week. This is just a little bit of a devotion. Genesis 32, as we read before, this is what struck me today as we were worshiping. God was with us as we worshiped. I can feel God's presence so near and moving. Did you sense that? There was a great sense that God was here. We're not alone. And in this, 
the, these verses, and I'll read it again. Now, as Jacob went on his way, the angels of God met him. Jacob said when he saw them, this is God's camp. So he named the place Machanaim. Now, a little bit of an insight. It doesn't make so much sense in the English, but if you know the Hebrew, Machanaim means two camps. Two camps. Jacob was now venturing out on his own with his family, and he was leaving Laban. Laban was very kind of deceptive to him, treated him in a bad way. You remember how he had to work for Rachel and he got Leah instead? And then he, then he worked another seven years for Rachel. And then there was more stuff and there was contention between them. And you know, in, in life, we have to leave the world, the things of this world, the people of the world. Sometimes there is a Laban in our life and we have to leave. And this was, this, this was for Jacob. He was leaving and he was vulnerable. And he also, his, his uh, brother Esau vowed to murder him, to kill him. So now he's leaving on his own. He's away from the protection of Laban. He's coming now back into the promised land. He, he was away. And so he is in a vulnerable place. He's in a place of transition. And Jacob is not necessarily the, sometimes I'm reading the story and I'm thinking, oh, this guy is annoying me. <laughs> But God has chosen him, and God loves him. And notice what happens here. Now, as Jacob went on his way, the angels of God met him. The angels of God met him. In other words, he really knew that God was with him, and the kingdom of God was with him, and these angels that come from another world were with him, that it wasn't just his camp, that there was another camp dwelling with his camp. And each of us need to know this, and we need to know this as a church, that it's not just our camp, that it's Machanaim. There's two camps, that God is with us, and his angels are with us, and his world is among our world. In a, a lot of people have some strange thinking about angels. But going back to just, just a little, little devotion, the, the word for king in Hebrew is melech, and the word for angel is malach. They sound very similar, and they look very similar. Uh, the idea of an angel is they're a messenger of the king. They're a messenger of God. And God looks after us with his angels. He gives us his spirit. He gives us his word. But he also gives us his angels. These angels are there to minister to us, to help us, to encourage us. They may give us words from heaven. We don't always see them, but we should be able to sense them. And here Jacob, he says, the, the angels of God met him. It's, it's a strong encounter that leaves him saying, 
this is God's camp. In other words, this is not my own house. And we need to say this about our families. So, Yushi, it's not your family only. It's God's family. And God's going to be caring for you and for Davina and Joseph. And you're not alone. This is God's camp. And this is this with our church. This is not just, you know, Glenn and Anna's idea or any of us our idea. This is God's camp. It's his place. It's his dwelling place. It's his place for him to roam around and move and walk and bless and strengthen and encourage. And all of this helped give Jacob a great encouragement so that he would not fear. Because, of course, he could easily fall into fear, especially he's going to encounter his brother Esau, who's bent on killing him. But God turns around that whole thing. So Jacob, when he saw them, Jacob said, sorry, Jacob said when he saw them, this is God's camp, Machane. This is God's camp. And then he went on to say, so he named the place Machanaim. Im at the end is like plural. It's a plural. And here it's meaning two camps. So every day we go about our day and as we leave here and let us remember that the camp of God is going with us. If we are his, the camp of God is going with us. And the angels of God have been sent to minister to us who are inheritors of salvation. So then now we'll go to, and this is the last passage here, First, uh, 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. And that's the great sense I had. Again, I wasn't planning to share anything because I'm still in that place of kind of resting and receiving from God what he wants to say and do. But I wasn't planning to share much. But I had this great sense of God's camp being among us this morning. God's camp being among us this morning and that he is moving and acting and working. And this is part of the blessing we have. Jacob was a man that was blessed. He was blessed from his father, Abraham, then down through Isaac, and then he was blessed. And part of the blessing is God is with us. His camp is with us. We are not going about our life alone, though sometimes we feel alone. Uh, and especially when the kids are sick, you know, during the... it's. When kids are sick and you're on holidays and you're like, oh, we're supposed to be enjoying this time, but now we're cleaning up vomit. I told that story. This is not that what I was envisioning. <laughs> and this is the thing about life. In life, there are troubles, but we need to be, we need to realize that we are blessed. And then at one time... Eva fell down the stairs, and she injured herself. And I was like, oh, no. But we prayed, and she got better quickly. In life, there are troubles. and But the Lord is with us, and he blesses it through us. And then when these troubles come, we are tempted to think, I'm tempted to think, I think 
some of us would be tempted to think that when these troubles come, I'm not blessed and God has left me. Have you ever thought that? Nobody. Well, that's my... <laughs> that's a, but we are blessed amidst the troubles, and he helps us through them. So let's not think that we're not blessed and chosen and valued and loved if difficulties come. But I do pray that the Lord limits our difficulties. <laughs> um, here is, and we're, we're here, there's a plot for the Arameans to capture Elisha. This is not Elijah, but Elisha, his uh, protege. And then we, we read here, uh, of course, he's a, he's a troublemaker to them. In verse 12, so we go to 2 Kings 6, 12. One of his servants said, No, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So they didn't need a, uh, a little bug uh, <laughs> that people use today. You know, the Russians will plant a bug into the uh, congressman's office. And, you know, of course, now anybody could listen to anything we said through these iPads and phones and whatever. Uh, well, he didn't need that. He knew the Lord, and the Lord would speak to him exactly what um, the opposing king was saying. So he knew. He had that supernatural knowledge, and we are uh, like we are of that stock. The God of Jacob is our God. And the God of Elisha is our God. And so this is who we are as a people, a people of the supernatural kingdom and, and of supernatural knowledge. Anyway, because of that supernatural grace, that knowledge, that favor, that relationship with God, it makes some people angry and upset. And the Arameans were angry and upset. Verse 13, so he said, go and see where he is that I may, that I may send and take him. And it was told him, saying, behold, he is in Dothan. He sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. So they, the whole Aramean army and the king, they surrounded the city and they were out to capture Elisha. So again, this would bring great fear if he was just seeing things in the one camp, but not both camps. And then in verse 15, it says, Now when the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. So they were surrounded by the enemy. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And this Many of us are faced with this in life, this question of what shall we do at crosswords, at times where it seems like the enemy is surrounding us, and we're asking, what shall we do? So he answered. Look what Elisha answers. So he answered, do not fear. Now, I just want to stop right there. Do not fear. It comes up many times in Scripture. I read on a meme it's 365 times, but I need to actually confirm that. I don't want to uh, say yeah, it depends on the translation. I need to confirm that and look 
at that, but many times in Scripture, frequently it says, do not fear. Now, let me digress a little bit. When I say I need to confirm it, I only believe a little portion of what the Internet says. <laughs> so just take it, I, I, uh, take it as uh, more than 80% of what the Internet says is wrong. So just, uh, and then you got to confirm it and go to primary sources. That's what it means to be a good student. But what we know very clear from the word is that it says many times, do not fear. This is a time like no other where fear is being thrown at us constantly. The fear of another COVID outbreak. The whole Queensland is shaking in fear, and I checked the statistics this morning. There's only one case, new case of COVID. Only one new. I mean, just go and check the government site. I go to the primary sources. I check the government, government sites. I have one new case. So, of course, there should be a, maybe a little bit more concern in Sydney and other places. But all of us in Queensland, I can feel it. We're shaking in fear. And not all, but I'm using, I'm using all in the general sense, right? <laughs> Shaking in fear. And we've got it good here. Other countries don't have it so good. And, uh, and I don't want to downplay COVID. It can be very serious, and it can take down a very strong person. Uh, but here, the Scripture says, do not fear. How do we not fear? How are we going to have that mindset of not fearing? How are we going to live without fear in a time of fear? And it says here, Elisha says, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Did you hear that? Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, it was just Elisha and his servant, and they were surrounded by this army. But there was a greater army, a greater camp, God's angels, his angelic army, which goes with us and before us and surrounds us and protects us, each one of us who are of the God of Jacob, who are saved and delivered and set free. And so this is the good news, and our eyes need to be opened up to this other camp, especially in this time. We need to see this other camp. And if we don't see it physically, that's okay. It's with the eyes of the heart. It's, by, it's seeing spiritually. Do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed. And this is the key to seeing. It's praying. The key to see, seeing is praying and praying the right prayers. And Elisha prayed and said, Oh, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. He's praying for the eyes of his servant to be opened that he may see. Well, what is he going to see? And then this is the, uh, the conclusion of the story here. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw. He really saw. So we, we can't just think of this world through our natural eyes. Our spiritual eyes need to be open. Otherwise, we are blind to what really is. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw and behold, 
The mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. These chariots of fire, these, this angelic army, he saw his eyes were open. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike this people with blindness, I pray. And so he struck them with blindness. This is the enemy's army, according to the word of Elisha. So both sight and blindness in the one story. Uh, then Elisha said to them, this is not the way, nor is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. And he brought them to Samaria. And then, as it goes on, when they had come into Samaria, Elisha said, O Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. So the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. <laughs> Then the king of Israel, when he saw them, said to Elisha, My father, shall I kill them? Shall I kill them? He answered, You shall not kill them. Would you kill those who have been taken captive with your sword and with your bow? And so they were actually kind to the enemy. This is very interesting because it's very much in line with Jesus taught. Set bread and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. So prepared a great feast for them. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away, and they went to their master. And the marauding bands of Arameans did not come again into the land of Israel. So here we see, they ultimately, in the end, they were kind to the enemy that was about to devour them. And in the gospel, we are to be kind to our enemies. Those who hurt us, afflict us, do bad to us, we are to return blessing to those who curse us. But the main point, what I wanted to bring out is that their eyes were open, and especially the, the uh, servant's eyes were open, and he saw, and he saw, behind, be, uh, he saw beyond the natural realm, the machanaim, the two camps. Hallelujah. And that's, that's what we're going to pray right now and i'm thinking that after we may those who want to receive an anointing amen, amen. <laughs> so soon soon we'll just anoint you i'm not promising prophetic words or anything just a fresh anointing to see and for god to comfort you so father right now we want to thank you for your word it is bread to us it opens up our eyes. There is more than meets our eye this morning. Because you are with us. And your camp, your angels and chariots of fire are with us. And you're fighting for us. And you're keeping us and protecting us and fighting for our protection. My prayer is that all of our eyes would be open that we would encounter the angels of God and that we would see that this is God's camp and that our homes are God's camp too and that we would take back our homes for the kingdom, going around and anointing the doorpost with oil and saying, this is your camp, Lord. 
this is the place of your kingdom. Your camp is full of fire. Oh, it's full of fire. It's surrounded by fire. Fire moves. Your, your angels are like, the, like, the, like fire. And your fire is among us. And they, your angels are like wind. Thank you, Lord, that you comfort us with the presence of your kingdom. And our prayer this morning is that your kingdom would come and your will would be done here. That I, our eyes would be open. That in this next segment of our journey, we would realize that we are not alone. And we are not falling into the fear of this world. That you have blessed us in this place of Queensland. And I'm praying a covering over all Queensland of, and protection and surround this state. Surround this state with your angels and chariots of fire to keep COVID out. To keep the plans of the enemy out. That this country, even this school here, would be blessed of the Lord. And that we would be an army that brings peace and blessing wherever we go. Thank you, Father. You, you kept us safe in our little short journey as a family. You kept us safe through the prayers of the saints there and back. You kept us safe. We're here again. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for Anna and Lizzie leading us into your presence. Thank you, Father. Amen.